For our weekly report from Europe, we have Mario Economo, uh, who is a banker, was a banker in uh, London, uh, Zurich, and New York, the, and uh, with large money center banks. And uh, he was raised in Europe and the Middle East. And Mario, tell us what's going on in Europe. I mean, uh, uh, the United States now uh, uh, has a government. Uh, the Congress has voted uh, a new speaker. We're going forward. What's going on in Europe? Yes, good morning, uh, Cats Roundtable. Well, as you can well imagine, the big story that's been coming across in Europe today since uh, last night is the uh, announcement about President Biden and these uh, files which were found in his garage and at another facility. I think a lot of the Europeans now are scratching their head and wondering what the outcome of this is going to be. In President Biden, they found a very strong supporter of the European Union, uh, and I think they are concerned about what may unfold in the U.S. as a result of these findings. In other news uh, in Europe, uh, in Sweden, which currently has the rotating presidency of the European Union, it looks like there is going to be a rather substantial decline in the Swedish housing market, specifically they're saying around 20%. And a lot of this has to do with the post-pandemic. Uh, during the pandemic, there was a gain as people were obviously moving out and trying to find larger places in the country uh, away from big cities to live. And um, what's happening now is as everybody retrenches once again and people are starting to go back to offices, uh, they're beginning to see that many of these larger homes that people wanted uh, are actually going to uh, come on the market. This coupled with the fact that we're looking at an in increasing interest rate environment, which makes homes much more unaffordable, is having an impact. As in in, uh, in the United States, uh, uh, Jay Powell, the, the uh, Fed chairman, has to make a decision because it's hurting other industries that they keep raising uh, interest rates. Uh, what's going on with interest rates in Europe? So the uh, ECB, the European Central Bank, will most likely continue its rate hikes. Uh, we have not seen in Europe the pullback on inflation that we're being told is happening in the U.S. So for the time being, it looks like the ECB in Europe will continue to raise uh, interest rates. Uh, of course, this uh, doesn't mean that they won't stop if they see that the inflation cools in the Eurozone. But as of right now, we're not seeing the pullback that we're seeing in the U.S. inflation uh, rate. On the uh, end of the Ukraine and Russia, are they funding now Ukraine even more? Yeah, so that's a very interesting uh, question, uh, Mr. Katsimatidis. And we've seen a lot of stories coming out, both from the Russian side and the Ukrainian side. And frankly, it's very difficult to try to figure out which stories to believe and which ones not to believe. Uh, the Ukrainians are saying they're making gains. The Russians are saying, in fact, they're not making gains. Uh, the Russians keep telling us they're killing thousands of Ukrainian soldiers. The, sol the Ukrainians are telling us the same about the Russians. What I continue to find rather odd, and I've said this since the start of this war, we're not seeing soldiers in hospitals recovering. We're not seeing soldiers that are dead in the field, at least not in the numbers that we're being told they're being killed, which is a little bit surprising because in this era, 
of the propaganda wars, you would think if one side actually does kill 700 soldiers of the other side, they would have video and pictures of it. Um, I know it sounds gruesome, but that's the reality of it. So I'm not too sure what's going on. The Europeans, for their part, specifically Germany, is actually now close to a decision on sending leopard tanks to the Ukraine uh, in order to be able to help the Ukrainians. We know that the U.S. Uh, is going to have Ukrainian soldiers sent from the Ukraine to the U.S. to be trained on how to use the Patriot missile batteries. Those are the uh, surface-to-air missiles that intercept, intercept jets and other incoming missiles. Uh, will that have an impact? How soon will that have an impact? The reality is we don't know. We also know, based on another story that's come out in Germany, the Germans were going to be using certain vehicles called Puma vehicles, which are like the Martyrs. Those are armored uh, personnel carriers with certain guns on them uh, that can be used both to hit tanks but also to move around troops quickly. These Puma vehicles, which were used in a very large training exercise in Germany, failed miserably. And not just one or two of them, but all of them had issues. So the Germans have had to pull those out of use, and uh, they're actually going to go back to the previous generation vehicle, which they have in storage, which is called a martyr vehicle, which is, in theory, not as good as the Puma vehicle, but the reality is the martyr works and the Puma does not work. Uh, this is actually a very big hit for NATO itself because the Germans were going to use these Puma vehicles as part of what's called NATO's spearhead force uh, this year. Uh, and now they're not going to be able to do that. So that, of course, will have a tremendous impact on NATO's spearhead force. Uh, we know that the French are going to be sending some light armored vehicles to the Ukraine. So all in all, I think everybody is basically preparing for this war to drag on and to essentially put more weapons and materials in the fight against Russia. Do I think, my personal opinion, are the Russians terribly concerned about this? No, I don't think they are. I think the Russians have sufficient artillery shells, sufficient uh, vehicles, and sufficient soldiers, irrespective of what everybody is telling us, to be able to continue this fight. I think ultimately what this is going to come down to is how much more money does either side want to continue putting into this? If the, uh, if the checkbook is unlimited, the war can go on for many years. Well, the, the price, of oil, the price of oil is down, so Putin's checkbook is a little bit less. The price of oil is down, and even at the, at the price cap that they put on the oil, uh, which is currently, by the way, above the price cap that the EU put on the price of oil, Putin is still making roughly $100 billion a year on oil. So the idea that the price of oil is down and Russia is suffering to tremendous uh, extent is not true. They're still pulling in over $100 billion a year off of their oil. Understood. So I think that ultimately it's going to depend how much the Europeans and, more importantly, the U.S. is pre prepared to continue funding this war. Well, Mario Konomo, thank you for the update, and we'll catch up with you again next week. Uh, if I may just say one more thing, Mr. Katsimatidis, we've touched on this before, and it has to do with the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom right at the moment is suffering from tremendous strikes, industrial actions. Uh, the, the NHS, the National Health Care System in the U.K., is essentially close to collapse. Just to give you two quick statistics, the normal time 
that an ambulance uh, has to arrive at a house once it's dispatched for a heart attack or a stroke should be 18 minutes. They're running around one hour and 30 minutes. The normal time, extended time, that it used to be in an ER that you had to wait to see a doctor in the bad days, they say, was four hours. It's now upwards of 12 hours. There are tremendous problems in the United Kingdom. The situation, which was very bad under the previous prime minister, is now continuing to be bad, and the current prime minister, Mr. Sunak, is actually trying to resolve this issue by meeting with the various unions and trying to stop the various industrial actions that are happening. It's going to be very difficult to do, and the U.K. will continue to suffer progressively and in a much more and a much worse way. Thank you, Mario Economo, our European correspondent. Thank you so much.